You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Now, men's over the last week or so, we've been looking at the best bits of our summer and trying to come up with a, a basically a top ten of what we thought were our best bits and what we enjoyed the most. And um, it was pretty hard, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. There was, there was a lot of, again, in summer you touch on so many different sports, which I loved. We got to, we go to America and you talk about NBA, you talk about NFL. Uh, you, the, obviously the cricket is on here in Australia, but you've also got the baseball here. Uh, the soccer is on, the basketball, the NBL, there's plenty happening. So let's jump into our, our top 10, I guess. Well, the first, uh, number 10, the first one is, He's become our man, and his name is Spencer Johnson. Being backed in helps. Like, yeah, I went up north, and um, folks like Uzi and Manus and the coaches up there were really, I guess, they you, you feel valued up there. And um, now I've brought that back down here, and um, obviously having a bit of success for South Australia, which is nice as well. Uh, but it's just sort of the, that confidence that the, the players and coaches have. Um, I guess, given me. And that was him talking about, I guess, what, he went up to the heat and he got a bit of confidence. They backed him in and all of a sudden he is the next rising star of Australian cricket all because he came on this show. He really is and we're <laughs> absolutely claiming him, Bonds. Uh, he is in the Australia A squad, yes. which is great to see. Um, he is uh, on a really nice pathway, a really nice trajectory up, Spencer Johnson. And so while we're on cricket, let's get to number nine and let's stick with cricket. And uh, we had a really good interview with Ryan Harris, which... That was my previous job, um, to do that. Take, um, uh, you know, up and coming uh, guys probably just out of the under-19 setup. Um, the ones we sort of thought that were going to be potential um, state players, um, hopefully down the track of train players overseas to... To India and um, you know, I think I went to Sri Lanka. Um, that, that sort of dried up a bit now. They don't even have a the old cricket academy. If, if you remember that, um, the cricket academy is not existing anymore, and, and the states have sort of played a bit of a role in that. They and, and, and I still think there's a there's there's, there's, a, there's a spot for, for, for an Australian like cricket academy, whatever you call it. it used, to be, used to be called the National um, NCC or National Cricket Centre or the NPS National Performance Squad, and we, we take players away. Um, to do that, they don't do that uh, anymore. In saying that, for the first time in a long time, um, England under 19s are actually here playing at the moment against Australia. They've, they've played two four days, which ended up one game apiece. Um, they're playing their third one day today, um, and they're playing a T20 on Sunday. So, and then we're reciprocating that. We're going back there in August, which I, I just think is unbelievable. Uh, we spoke to Ryan about. Basically, this was after the second test and Australian cricket was in turmoil and he and we asked him about, you know, maybe sending our young players to get experience playing in those conditions and playing in England. and Yeah, yeah like an academy sort of uh, set up. And it's no surprise, Bonds, that as the tests have gone on, our batsmen have gotten better because they have gotten conditioned to the conditions. Correct. They've adapted. Uh, they've learned what doesn't work over there in India. And so... By being able to get players over there 
um, when they're in their formative years, then it means that they're able to uh, develop those skills needed for, for Indian conditions. We built a few favourites over the summer, and one of my personal favourites is Gemma Barsby, who is the captain of the Scorpions and the Strikers, and she has done an amazing job. It's an adopted state for her, but she is so South Australian, even to a point where I was commentating one of their games, a WNCL game, and I walked out with a cap on and she thought I had a Queensland cap on and not a South Australian cap and she had a go at me. I said, no, it's a red cap. <laughs> <laughs> um, but um, they they had a magnificent tournament. They won the WBBL. But let's have a listen to Gemma talking about Megan Shoot. Now, Gemma, your uh, shooter came out today and she said that she wants to play the Heat. And we'll have a, give you a listen to what she said. I'd love to say I'd take it as it comes, but I'd love to beat the Heat. Um, <laughs> they're, they're a team we enjoy beating, and we should have won the other week back in Adelaide. So for me, it would be very sweet um, to for the Heat to beat the Hurricanes, and then and then we smoke the Heat. That's that's my dream. One of those teams, you know. Um, individually, I actually quite like them all, but collectively, they're just um, yeah, bunch of different people. Um, <laughs> so when they're out in the field, the way they play their cricket, it's a bit arrogant in my opinion. So. Um, and generally in cricket, we don't really like arrogance. So, um, yeah, we'll try and bring them back down to earth. Now, Gemma, you used to play for the Heat. <laughs> <laughs> were you arrogant when you were at the Heat? Oh, yeah, it's an interesting one. I guess you'd have to ask um, other people that. Were, yeah, it's not until you start, kind of step out of the side and um, see it from the opposition's point of view, what, what they actually think of sides. <laughs> Gemma Barsby, an absolute superstar of the women's game. Raw honesty there too, Bonds, yes. which is not what you get that often when you have interviews with players. So uh, I love that call of their arrogance. What's number seven, my friend? Number seven, we went international. We went global for this. And we did. We covered the World Cup, which was on uh, in Qatar, and not just covered it. We actually went to Qatar and caught up with Jared Walsh live from Qatar. Well, the first experience, as soon as I say that I'm Australian, they say... Australia. So, do you know the Ken Farmer medalist in Daniel Menzel? <laughs> Absolutely. So, it's easy Brilliant. to make an association. And then they're like, hold on, you also know sports broadcaster Paul Bonzer. So, that's how I make my kind of in to the fans. But, look, it's, it's a weird one, boys, because I feel like I'm in the World Cup bubble over here. Um, so, I'm just embracing everything for what it is. But speaking to a couple of people who have been to previous World Cups. Yes, it is different because, look, we're in the middle of the desert. There's not much to do on our down days. There's only so many desert safaris you can do and walking around and having a look at some local markets. Um, What I love is walking around and seeing so many people wearing the colours of the country. And I feel that football or soccer, however you want to call it, is unmatched when it comes to patriotism when you are supporting the sports, you can really see so many different cultures. Just to give you an understanding, I'm staying in an apartment block with a ground announcer representing every country competing in the World Cup. So I'm actually getting to know all of these people and it feels like our own kind of little World Cup. The, the no beer thing, yes, it's having an impact on some fans, but I also think if that's your biggest concern in life, you've, you've probably got another conversation that you need to have if you're relying on alcohol to have a good time. Um, it's different. It's absolutely different. It's definitely going to be one of these experiences that we look back on and go, wow, remember that time there was a FIFA World Cup in Qatar? But 
I don't want to get bogged down in all of that. I just want to embrace everything that's beautiful about the world game. And we've seen it, you know. We saw what happened with Argentina, the story about Leo Messi, um, Cristiano Ronaldo last night, uh, our time with Portugal. There's so many little stories bubbling along where you walk around and, yes, it feels like there is a World Cup happening. So uh, I just encourage everybody to embrace it for what it is because it's such a beautiful time that happens only every few years. Jared Walsh, and now uh, he's on SEN. He is on SEN Breakfast, live from Qatar, that was. It was a world away, Bonds, and he still uh, found it good enough and funny enough to actually bring it back to South Australia and mention the Ken Farmer and yourself as well, which was pretty funny at the time. It was funny. Um, And it was just great catching up with him and talking about everything that was happening in Qatar. And obviously Argentina went on to beat France in that uh, World Cup final. Now, one thing we developed over the summer was Sanford – Sample Tuesdays and AFL Thursdays. Yes. And we spoke to a lot of players uh, from Port, Crows, other teams, and right through the sample. We'll get to the sample a little bit later. But at number six, our six favourite top ten summer hit <laughs> was Ollie Wines on about rediscovering his form. Yeah, no, it's it's a year that I was really disappointed with off the Brownlow year, I think. Um, for myself, holding those high standards was, was the priority. And... Um, despite what I sort of did off the field to, to maintain myself and keep myself in the right condition, I just couldn't execute on game day as I would have liked. So um, it's a little bit about getting back to the basics for me of, of what makes me a good player and what my role is, which specifically revolves around stoppage and in, in contested situations. So um, I don't have to really worry about what happens outside outside those situations in terms of, trying to do the flashy running plays, that's not in my DNA. So just getting back to what works for me and what brings my best footy out um, will be the priority. Only Wines there. And, uh, again, some real honesty there, which is great to hear about how he wasn't happy with his season last year and uh, that he's got a point to prove in season 2023. And from there, we're going to go to number five, Bonds. And uh, this was – I loved giving – we we named it Men's American Sports Update. We did. Sammy Fantasia at his best. Yes, shout out there for the audio. And we talked about the NBA. We talked about the Major League Baseball. And uh, a big one that we mainly hit on was the NFL, which SEN covers every year. They do the Super Bowl, um, which is brilliant. And uh, we talked about uh, how that was going. Uh, My Philadelphia Eagles looked so good all year uh, until, unfortunately, they lost the Super Bowl. But... um, Great just to cover that and talk about your Boston Celtics, Jason Tatum, yep. having an incredible year. I think that American sports starting to really take off here in Australia and a lot of people are really keen and interested and have their own team and love chatting about that uh, and, and who was going well. And, uh, yeah, teams that weren't going so well. So it is great to chat about the American sports. Yeah, it is. Uh, mentioned AFL Thursday, Sample Tuesdays, I loved because we're obviously closely involved with the Sample and we had someone from every team. Some incredible guests. Yes. Yeah, incredible guests. We had Aaron Young. We had Joey Sinal from the Eagles. Um, and we had the big man from the Norwood Footy Club, Harry Boyd. Yeah, I reckon I had a, probably about five to ten seconds of uh, feeling sorry for myself. I remember thinking something along the lines of, gee, it's a, a lot of hard work to come second. Um, but then I guess straight after that, someone gives you a pat on the back and goes, time to go again. And uh, fortunately, we, we kicked one. I think Josh Richards kicked the first of those three and 
Um, once Ben Jarvis put that ball through and it's under a goal again, you just think it's anyone's game. And um, yeah, and then obviously Matthew Panos steps up. Tell us about the Matthew Panos goal from your angle. Uh, where were you when he kicked it? And uh, could you tell off the boot that it was going through? Uh, look, I was fortunate enough to get at the uh, the stoppage, so I've got a lot of probably uh, over the top praise for my hit out. I just tried to hit it <laughs> in the most dangerous area, and uh, so I'll claim it though. But um, and then uh, look, uh, Noff has done the rest. We're seen a, a slight deflection, and um, of someone he's picked it up. And I think, to be honest, I didn't really have much time to think about if it's going through or not. Everyone started screaming, and um, yeah, it was just chaos. Jack Odie medalist there, Harry Boyd, uh, talking about winning the grand final for Norwood this year. Had the best seat in the house as well on that Matthew Panos goal. He flicked it over the back and got to watch him and would have been in disbelief that it actually came off. So Harry, Unbelievable grand final. If we get a sample season, anything like we had last season, it's going to be must-watch. It will be. And some massive guests there that you can definitely go back and listen to on the podcast. Um, we had some really good guests there. And so that was number four. At number three, yes, we went to our AFL Team of the Year, uh, which was selected by myself. You picked one and Twig Rawlings as well. <laughs> Thanks for giving me one, guys. Uh, yeah, so Twig picked the back line. You picked the centre line and the forward line. And, uh, yeah, the Team of the Year. And, and here it is for you. Start with your back line. So the back line is Luke Ryan, Stephen May, Tom Stewart, and the half-back line, Braden Maynard, Darcy Moore, and Christian Salem. All right, so this is the centre line that men's picked. Hugh McCluggage, Marcus Bondempelli, and Callum Mills, and the ruck division of Max Gorn, Christian Petrarca, and Clayton Oliver, and you put Paddy Cripps on the bench. Let's have a look at the forward line. At uh, half forward is Shy Bolton, Jeremy Cameron, Toby Green, and the full forward line, Isaac Heaney, Tom Lynch, and Charlie Cameron, and on the bench, one Dusty Martin. The moment has come for you to pick <laughs> the 22nd player on the what? Yeah, you guys did a really good job. Bench. You picked 21 and left me one guy. So it was really easy. I just went through the whole list and picked no. I, I have picked Nick Dacos as the best young player in the competition. And I think his flexibility, he can play anywhere on the ground except maybe Ruck. Although he could probably do that too. It's a pretty good team if I do say so myself. It is a very good team and would beat every other team in the AFL. Uh, all right, number two, men's. Um, we became... Massive baseball junkies over the summer, didn't we? Yeah, I mean, I've been a massive baseball fan for a long time, but I was not a Australian baseball fan, if I'm honest. And uh, this is something that I quickly realised is it's great to get along. It's a cool atmosphere. They do it well. And we got an opportunity to go down to the Adelaide Giants. We got in the batting cages. We had a hit. Uh, we missed a few as well. <laughs> And we got a pitch as well, which was really cool. So the opportunity that the Adelaide Giants gave us um, was incredible. And uh, we couldn't have imagined that the season was going to go as well as it did as well. Exactly right. Uh, they went, got on a 12-game winning streak. Uh, they won the Claxton Shield the first time for 43 years. And then we rang Nathan Davidson the day after. He had the MVP on-field, Geordie McConnell, who has been the MVP off-field uh, since post-game celebrations began. I can hear there's a bit of well, raucous in the background. There's a bit going on back there. Who's that? There is a little bit. They're, they're totally aware that there's some interviews going on, that's for sure. And uh, <laughs> I, I think Geordie might have the, the daily double. He might have been the oh, best on-out nice. off-field. So it's a big rap for the leader. But leadership's a learning place. Someone's got to do it, right? <laughs> that's it. Um, 
the GM of the Adelaide Giants, Nathan Davidson, obviously a star of the Australian Baseball League in his own right. Uh, but fair to say they had a pretty good time, the Giants. They did. They celebrated like a team that hasn't won it for 43 years. So it was an incredible experience. And uh, if you can, get along to an Adelaide Giants game next year. Uh, no, okay. The, our number one, our number one, I guess, most important moment, our special, our favourite moment. Most memorable moment. Most memorable mine. moment yes. of the summer. Sam, can we have a drum roll, please? It is the Adelaide Strikers chasing down a record chase. He drives. He's done it! Through cover! He's done it! Matt Short brings up his 100, and it's the biggest chase in BBL history. They're throwing beers here at Adelaide Oval. Everyone's on their feet. It's a chase for the ages. Matt Short left nothing out there. He's 100 not out in one of the great T20 innings you'll ever see. It was incredible. We did the show last night from... Adelaide Oval, so we got to experience the game. So the Hurricanes came out and made four for 229, which was Hobart's highest ever Big Bash score. Matt Short, in his first game as captain, decided to bowl first and put them in. I mean, how would you be feeling putting the opposition team into bat in your first game as captain? And they make 229. It was some unbelievable batting. It was one that uh, was not a good start for our bowling attack. We talked about it on the show yesterday that the strikers bowling has been hit for far too many runs in the past four or five games. And they came out last night, they bowled really poorly again. They fielded poorly. It just looked like one of those nights we were going to be no chance in this game. Yeah, so they needed to go at better than 12 and over. Generally, you'd say, okay, if you're doing it for five or six overs, okay, that's that's doable. But across the whole 20 overs, the highest score that Hobart have ever scored, and it would be, and now is, the biggest run chase in, I guess, a a Premier T20 competition. Yeah, thanks for that, Bonds. Uh, It was a – it was – it, we were still up and about the next day, weren't we? Yeah, th- this was one of those moments. This is one of those remember where you were when. Yes. And if you're an Adelaide uh, sports fan and a Strikers fan, you will no doubt remember this. It was the 5th of January. We talked about whether we stayed here in the studio or whether yes. we go to the ground to Great do decision. the show. And we made the decision to go to the ground. And I will never regret that. We also made the decision to stay at the game because it looked like it was gone for all money. And uh, one of the most incredible sporting experiences that I've ever come across. And uh, it was incredible that we covered it. It was. So there are our top 10 uh, Sports Day SA Summer Edition, uh, the best bits of our summer. Thanks to Tire Power, Australia's biggest independent tire retailer, keeping you safe on the roads. Tirepower.com.au.